hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's great to be back on the air finally. It's been almost two months, or is it about a month? No, it's been about six weeks or so. I hope all of you had a happy Halloween and happy Thanksgiving. I really apologize for the hiatus. It was not intended to be this way. Um, I was hoping to get at least two more shows in that time span, at least, if not maybe three or four or five, but just got really busy with the schedule and got way, way behind and was really, really limited on what I could record and when I could record. So I was kind of relegated to only Purple Mafia at the time because those games are so important and stuff. And I, I tend to always do this with this show, and I really apologize but now we're getting back into the swing of things with Brave the Wild. And I have a really happy announcement that took place basically the night before Thanksgiving, which gave me something to be thankful for. Brave the Wild is on Stitcher. That's right. Brave the Wild is on Stitcher. And uh, over the past couple of hours and couple of days and stuff, I've actually added some more uh, sound bites and some songs and stuff. So, yep, and retro video game related. Like, this show has a lot of Mega Man in it, if you hadn't noticed. So, <laughs> and then there's Blades of Steel, Ice Hockey, stuff like that. You're probably going to hear something like a, a new Mega Man song. Um, not modern new, but I mean new to this show, if you know what I mean. Like, retro, classic. So, you'll, you'll, you'll hear that during one of the segment breaks. Probably the... I'm going to put it in the first one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry if I'm sounding a little silly. We're going to try to play catch up a little bit. It's been kind of an up and down dramatic uh, deal with the Minnesota Wild the past six weeks or so. And it's kind of very typical as well. It seems like it's the same script every year, doesn't it? It's not quite as awful yet, though. I mean, we're not giving up a ton of goals or anything, but it's always like somebody important or, or two or three people get hurt and the team starts to play poorly. After a awesome start, like, wow, this team is ready to go on a run, man. They're one of the top teams in the league, and, and now we're starting to lose again, and it kind of sucks, and, yeah, we're, we're back we're back doing that again. So, yeah, um, we've been doing okay, but it was kind of similar to last year even, the early half of November. We still kept winning games, like shutting out Tampa Bay right now, and we beat Winnipeg, you know, shutting out Tampa Bay on November 7th, and we beat Winnipeg 5-3 in a pretty exciting game November 10th, stuff like that. And then... I gotta tell you, man, I gotta tell you, I, I, if I was recording, and I wish I was, this is the whole point, I wish I was recording at the time that <laughs> November, Saturday, November 14th took place, because basically, yeah, we're going to try to catch up, I'm not going to review every game, but I wish I was, I was recording the day of Saturday, November 14th, because I just knew somehow, some way, this was going to be an extremely, extremely pivotal game for the next couple weeks, maybe several weeks for the Minnesota Wild, because it, I'm telling you, they're they're on some kind of script or something every year. It's kind of goofy. It's kind of like every year in the weather, like uh, the weather pattern, like June. The first two weeks of June are just spectacular, and the next two weeks of June are humid, and there's potential for severe weather, stuff like that. It's like every year it's the same thing. And the wild, it's like every year it's the same thing. Like you, It's something like going to Dallas or going to Winnipeg or somebody like that and you're not necessarily supposed to win, but you hope, you just hope and pray you come out of that one. And it's always some kind of, it's either a big fat blowout or a really emotional type of loss. And in this case, the Wild lost in overtime after forcing overtime on the road in Dallas, and they could not come out with a win. They lost right away in overtime. It was just right away after the Wild made a nice dramatic comeback. And I just somehow knew this was going to be some type of a snowball effect for the Wild because after that they lost to Pittsburgh, they lost to Boston, uh, Pittsburgh 4-3, Boston 4-3, to 
Uh, and then the wild win against Nashville, four to nothing. That was really awesome. And then just recently, very recently, lost to win, uh, Vancouver uh, the, the day before Thanksgiving, three to two. No points, zero points in, in a game against Vancouver. You gotta get at least a point out of that. And I think you gotta win that game at home. And then just today, Friday, November the twenty seventh, Black Friday. Again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and happy Black Friday and Christmas season and all that. Uh, three to one loss to Winnipeg today. Just, just did not feel that this team was in the game really at all until the fourth line bailed them out. <laughs> you had uh, Porter and uh, Ryan Carter teaming up. Ryan Carter's third goal of the season. Porter's second point of the season, only second assist. Jonas Burdine's second assist and third point of the season. Jonas Burdine's point production way down this year. Chris Porter barely a factor, but. At least uh, we have a wonderful listener named Chris Porter as well from Idaho, who's been uh, from Pittsburgh, and he likes the San Jose uh, Sharks and everything. He lives in Idaho now. He's lived in he's lived in a lot of different places. He likes the Indiana Pacers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, San Jose Sharks, teams like that. <laughs> he's he's all over the place. <laughs> I like Chris Porter. Very cool guy. Um, one of the most loyal and probably the oldest uh, listener of Brave the Wild, unless there's some uh, people out there that have never given their names, but they've been listening to the show for five, five, six years. Gosh, this show is like seven years old already. So, yeah, I'm definitely the George Washington of Minnesota sports podcasting, aren't I, when you think about that? <laughs> Finally got on Stitcher, though. It's about time. Um, I, I don't know what the deal was a couple of years ago when we tried to get on, and then it just gave up, got mad, and forgot about it. And it's like, you know, let's get it on there. What the hell? So, because I remember Stitcher didn't respond later on. It was kind of weird. Like, something wasn't clicking somewhere. But uh, speaking of not clicking, the Wild were not clicking most of this game. Um, ultimately, great goaltending by the Winnipeg goalie, uh, Hellebuck. Hellebuck. Hellebjuk, uh, very good, very good goaltending by him. But then again, at the same time, he only faced 15 shots the whole freaking game. Doobie, Dubs, Dubnik had to face uh, 29 shots by Winnipeg. It got really aggressive in that second period. Actually, it was uh, just you could just tell Winnipeg was going to win this game without some type of change. But then the fourth line came to rescue the Wild, and uh, yeah, I take the fourth line in a situation like that, a physical game like this, the Wild and the Winnipeg Jets just going at it nonstop. Ultimately, the fourth line had to kind of bail them out, get them back in it. Sure, there's 11 minutes left in the game, but the Wild couldn't barely muster anything. The puck was in uh, our zone pretty much the whole freaking game, except for certain uh, spurts in the third period and such when the Wild were trying as they might to get something going. Could not get anything going. Extremely frustrating. Uh, Winnipeg Jets actually had their most shots on goal in the third period of all things, which... Well, just added to the frustration for all of us as they ended up with 12 shots on goal, only six in the second. Very boring second period uh, between the Wild and the Jets. Jets dominating early 11 to three shots on goal. Uh, this is not good at all. And, the, you know, the Winnipeg Jets are only a 500 team with this victory. The Wild dropped down to 11, 7, and 3. The Jets are 11, 11, and 2. Think about how bad the Jets are playing and then for them, them to roll into our house like that and just beat the crap out of us. And it was just unbelievably frustrating. So to talk about the injuries that have been po- that have popped up, it's Fontaine has missed most of the freaking season. Parisi had an MCL sprain back on uh, November the fifth. Pardon me. He finally came back today. So basically, as long as I'm doing Brave the Wild, Parisi's uh, Parisi's playing again. I wouldn't say he's healthy, but he's playing again. <laughs> I'm sure he's still very sore, but nice to have him back out there. That's great. Fantastic, actually. I'm, I have no complaints whatsoever. But overall, the Wild themselves, 
I don't know. There's kind of a lot to complain about right now. Uh, they started really nice, but you think about uh, certain players struggling the way they have, but there's also other players on the roster that have really, really exceeded uh, what they've been doing the past couple of years. Dubnik in general, not as good as last year, but certainly has stepped up of late for the most part. Like he had the four goal situations, though he had multiple four goals against um, when it came to the the Boston and uh, Pittsburgh games just about a, just about uh, two weeks ago now already. Wow, Devin Dubnik kind of averaging out a bit from what he's been. Um, goals against average about two and a half, three shutouts on the year. So again, the the Lightning, the uh, Nashville Predators, and I'm blanking on the first one. I'll probably get back to that in a little bit. But you have certain guys playing way better. Three guys, really, all three of them last year that were playing that were playing really poorly. Everybody was on them the whole season, and then look at them now. And you know what? I was on all three of them. I'm going to be completely fair. I am not going to be a hypocrite at all because I was on them big time. But one of them, who's probably been the most valuable player of the team so far this year for the most part, is Ryan Suter. 20 points in 20 games. Unbelievable. Three goals, 17 assists. He's uh, second among defensemen in scoring in the entire NHL. And what what have we all been talking about? It isn't just Joey Awajan and Brave the Wild or Paladino Joey, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> it isn't just me, but everybody's been talking about bring his minutes down a little bit. Look at him now. He's a superstar again. I mean, he is a superstar. He He's on pace for 82 points this year. Uh, that's that's freaking awesome. I mean, how, how can you not be excited about that? I mean, Suter's playing out of his mind. 39 blocks on the year, beating all, all, only behind Spurgeon, who's actually got 12 points in 20 games. He's the kind of guy, I mean, I don't know, you. they always bring him up in trade talks because he's a he's a piece, he's a chip that you could possibly give up when you're trying to chase down a score, but I, I don't know, I mean, he better be a pretty damn good score because that'd be a pretty big loss. Spurgeon and Suter, just dominant forces for the Wild so far in the early sections of the season. Zucker, it took a while to get going, but now he's, ever since Zach Parisi been, was out, he was basically like a kind of a sort of Parisi replacement at that left wing on the top line. Though I'm not sure which top line is the top line anymore. Is it Koivu, Zucker, and Niederreiter? Or was it Granlin, Pominville, and and, uh, and Vanek, who's another player who's been downright fantastic this year? Thomas Vanek's been leading the team in scoring, or in goal scores. He's got nine goals on the season, 17 points total in 20 games. He's on pace for about 70-some points and like about 30, 40 goals. Just an awesome season for Thomas Vanek. I mean, very happy. He's 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 the Thomas Vanek of the Buffalo Sabers again, the the real Thomas Vanek, the one that was the one that we were all hoping he was going to be. I mean, boy oh boy, really really impressed with Thomas Vanek this year. He just looks like a different guy. Um, Koivu has just been ridiculously good. Tons of assists. He doesn't score a whole lot, only four goals, but twenty points total, tied with Suter for the team lead. Sixteen assists on the season, making good plays, winning faceoffs, uh, aggressive, tough. I really have been happy with Miko Koivu this year. And I, I can finally say that. You, you just hope it's going to continue. Because, you know, with Koivu, it always seemed like it's too good to be true. He'd have these awesome stretches. And then he'd just disappear like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Which I'm sure people have used that saying about a million times. But <laughs> but um, this one's been sustained for a longer period of time, which has me feeling pretty good. So... Well, one of the players that had been struggling for a long time until finally getting lighting the lamps and getting assists as well, Mikhail Granlund, who was way down there for a while, like about 10th or so in the team in total points. Now he's miraculously 5th 
all the way up to 12 points in 20 games. He's been picking up a late, lighting the lamps again. Uh, he had a goal recently, finally got his third goal of the season, got his second goal of the season just not that long ago either, and he's been getting some assists, teaming up with uh, Thomas Vanek a bit, and Pominville. Those are old teammates with Buffalo. Pominville, yeah, he's got 10 assists on the season, which is third on the team, but zero goals. And this is another topic that's been going on for pretty much the whole season, of course. I mean, of course it has. Zero goals for Jason Pominville? Are you kidding me? He's probably the, he's, what is he, the third or fourth highest paid player on the roster. Of course, you got Parisi and Suter are super high paid. Uh, Koivu, Koivu and Pominville are pretty close. And then you got Dubnik, who's pretty high paid now as well. Um, but Pominville's one of those top paid players and zero goals. And he, he not that long ago, he, what did he have, 32 goals for the Wild just two years ago, and he was downright fantastic that year. His second his second season with the Wild, his first full with the Wild at the time. Pardon me as I try not to cough myself to death. Sometimes my throat gets dry. Uh, Coyle's been kind of on on and off, but he's he's been centering that third line most of the year. They, it's the same story again. When they want to put Coyle on the top line at right wing or the second line at right wing, and someone gets hurt, like someone, someone very important, like... Uh, Mr. Parisi, and then you got to reshuffle everything, and then Coyle's back at center. And in this case, he's been third-line center. Third line has seen some good days and some bad days, and I don't even know who's on the third line anymore because it's been so confusing <laughs> with the, the players' injuries and such. You've had Jordan Schrader there. You've had uh, Chris Porter all the way up there. You've had Ryan Carter there. But mostly Carter has been on the on the fourth line with, with Halla and Porter. Generally, but then you have these other guys like Balmer, who's played a couple games. He's been up here. Christoph Bersicci, he's been up a few times. Um, Gustav Olsson, he's a defenseman, of course. <laughs> uh, it's a mess, though. Uh, Justin Fontaine has missed a ton of time with injuries. He missed a couple games to start the season, came back, got injured again. He's got four, he had four points in only eight games, so that's not bad. But overall, just too many injuries. Uh, Scandella missed five games with injury. Parisi ultimately missed eight, which you'd think it'd be more than that. That's surprising. Only eight? So, I mean, the wild schedule a little bit quieter than you'd think. Uh, Matt Dumba, you know, he started the season super strong, and the preseason was unbelievable, but now only five points in 20 games. He's been pretty quiet, and his defense has been up and down for the most part, but at least uh, he hasn't been getting killed too bad all the time, but he certainly struggled off and on throughout the season. Uh, Tyler Grayevac never has returned to the Wilds roster. He played one game, and he's been out ever since. Uh, Curtis Gabriel is a guy that's been on the th- uh, fourth line at times as well. That adds to the confusion. Uh, Michael Karanen as well. Played only one game, and was a minus one in that game, unfortunately for him. It's uh, It's been a huge mess, ultimately, this, this whole roster, and it's kind of like, what can you do, ultimately? Uh, Vanek's been on the Vanek's been all the way down to the third line at times, just kind of up and down. The top, the the top line, or at least the com- the most commonly scoring line, has been uh, Koivu, Zucker, and Niederreiter. But even Niederreiter's numbers, after again a very strong start, he still had only six goals, three three assists, nine points in twenty games. He's gotten real quiet. the The Wilds' offense started the season so strong, and now it's just. It's just sleepwalking. I mean, only one goal today, again, by the fourth liners. And then you have uh, other games where the 4-2 to two losses. 4-3, to three. three is not too bad, but still. And you only get you only muster two goals against Vancouver just the other day on Wednesday. 
Oh, Lord. It's, it's been a real tough ride this season. And it's unfortunate. I mean, considering how strong the Wild looked for as long as they looked. And then you're back back to this again. And it's kind of like, what do you do? The good news is Dubnik's not getting completely shelled, but still he's not having the best games ever. And the defense is not really helping Dubnik all, all so much either at the same time. I mean, the game the Wild beat Winnipeg to give up three goals like that, that wasn't so hot. But really the month of Movember, as they all like to say, has not been friendly to the Wild generally. It usually starts good and then it goes downhill and it's doing it again outside of that uh, wonderful Nashville game. So ultimately, <clears throat> where do we go from here? You hope up, but well, the Wild will be hosting the Dallas Stars on Saturday. That's a chance right there. That's a chance to wrap up November with a very positive run. That's just tomorrow night, by the way. So that's why I figured do the show now after the Winnipeg game. Just, again, a snooze fest. October was so much stronger. Though I remember Dubnik started, yep, started pretty slowly and such. Like you could leave off from uh, about, yeah, the Wild losing to Anaheim. I remember that very well. That was about when we left off. The Wild lost to Anaheim 4-1. to Just can't beat that team. And then we came back and shut them out. That was the other shutout. And you give, you give up five goals to Winnipeg at that time as well. So, again, the Wild's defense not really been so hot. Outside of Suter, uh, and Brodeen is, is having another down season with only, again, like I said, three points offensively, and his, his defense not quite like last year, and of course his rookie season, he looked like he was on his way to being like like another Nicholas Lindstrom out there, but ever since ever since uh, the start of the season, Brodeen, it's just something's not right with him, it's, it's disappointing, and that's about it. So let's uh, let's wrap up this first segment, again, kind of a generalized segment, it'll be more game-by-game-ish if I can keep up with this show more properly uh, during the during the course of the season, I most likely will be able to. Again, I just I apologize that I lost track of things because of the tough schedule, tough work schedule. It's getting a little bit better. It's not perfect. It's still kind of weird, but and it's unpredictable as well. So, but it's not going to be like it was during the lawn cleanup season in November. It's always really tough. So the uh, MVP, we'll call it, the Mike Madonna Award since the last show. It's usually like weekly, but we'll just do it since the last show. It's going to be, well, I'm going to have to give it to three people, which is kind of silly. I know it's too many, but it's a tie because they've really carried this team. Mika Koivu, Ryan Suter, and Thomas Vanek. I mean, Thomas Vanek scoring goals, Suter and Koivu setting people up and setting a tone and leaving a great example for the other players. Thank God Parisi's back, though. This should be a big help. Too bad it didn't help today at all, unfortunately. Just whatever. Just the wild offense could not click at all. Um, biggest disappointment, we'll go with the James Shepard Memorial. That's still that's still intact, very much so. There's a lot of disappointments on this roster, but I, I who is the top disappointment? I mean, is it just the injuries themselves? Is it Jonas Brodeen? Uh, no. I mean, ultimately, I'm going to go with Matt Dumba right now. He's, his defense is not that hot, and he's not producing offensively really at all of late. And it, it, it could have gone to Mikhail Granlund, considering what he's supposed to be. Oh, and we'll give another one to Jason Pominville. No goals. I mean, how, how could he not get the James Shepard Memorial? So it's going to be a combination between Pominville and Matt Dumba. It's just been a gigantic struggle for those two guys. So there you go. Not bad. Hopefully you enjoyed that segment. I, I had fun with it. I mean, and, and it's kind of it kind of is what it is right now. Just getting caught up. Hopefully we can get more detailed here. And I'll do some predictions in the next week and such in segment number two. And then a very brief checkup on 
the Iowa Wild after that. We'll be back right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, preview segment. Let's get started on it as soon as possible here. We're going to bounce around the NHL standings as well, um, and really I can jump into a topic right away here is the Wild host the Dallas Stars tomorrow, Saturday, November the 28th to wrap up the month. Hopefully, hopefully on a positive note, it's a it's another home game. Gotta protect home ice in this situation. You don't want to lose to Winnipeg and Dallas, two teams you need to beat to win this division or compete in this division. Minnesota Wild right now at this moment are resting in fifth place in the uh, Central Division. Not that long ago, they were in third place, which is very attainable still. The Wild trailed Nashville now from the third place, which is a division leader uh, position, no longer a wild card. Um, It it wasn't a wild card position. Really nice to be there. The Wild uh, trailed uh, Nashville and Chicago, both with 28 points. Dallas is leading the division with 34, St. Louis with 31, and I, and what did I predict coming into the season? For those of you out there that think I don't know anything about hockey, are you crazy? I've been watching it for over 20 years, I've been following it for over 20 years, and I know teams' patterns, I have a pretty good idea, and you see the way things are going. I predicted the Dallas Stars, unfortunately, would be the team on the rise in the Western Conference this year. They'd be the quote-unquote surprise team that would achieve expectations they're achieving expectations right now, or they're overachieving with a 17-5 and record, 34 points total. The Wild host them tomorrow, ten, uh, nine points behind the Dallas Stars early in the season. Jamie Benn and co. leading the way. Uh, Kari Lennon still the goalie. It's pretty surprising that they're doing this well, but it's mostly because of the offense, not necessarily because of the goaltending. And you also have Patrick Sharp and such on uh, on this team as well. Extremely talented team. The Wild have only played them once this year, and they barely lost in Dallas. That was actually not a bad performance, considering it just sucks that we ended up losing the hockey game. <laughs> That's the crappy part. Uh, uh, Lennon has seen some injuries at times. We may see Antti Niemi in this one, possibly, but I doubt it. Uh, Jimmy Ben with 32 points, 16 goals in the season. John Klingberg with 20 assists leading the way offensively for this team. Kerry Lennon is having a pretty strong season. In fact, you could say he's, uh, well, yeah, you could say he's doing a little better than Devin Dubnik. Goals against average a little better. Save percentage a little bit better from Devin Dubnik. About 2.4 goals and save percentage 92%. Very strong overall. Uh, Tyler Seguin also 
31 points right behind Jimmy Benn. You have Klingberg with 24. Patrick Sharp, the former Chicago Blackhawk with 18. The veteran Jason Spezza with 16 points. Overall, just an overall talented team. More top-heavy than anything, though. They're not super-duper deep. Uh, Johnny Oduya, though, a very good defenseman. Only five points, but again, very, very strong defenseman. They even had Alex Galagoski uh, from the Pittsburgh Penguins not too long ago. Very talented overall team. Again, a great fear of mine. They made some nice uh, decisions in the offseason. They got some veterans to go along with these young up-and-comers. A dangerous team, but I think they're still very beatable. And um, just because they say they're going to overachieve, they, they're, they're, having a, they're going to have a strong season this year, doesn't mean the Wild has to finish behind them or anything. And it doesn't mean the Wild can't beat, beat them in XL Energy Center. I'm going to predict the Wild win the game, believe it or not, despite their disappointing performance tonight. I think they come back and compete against this team, who they will be playing in that uh, stadium deal later in the season. I like the New Jerseys quite a bit, actually. You can check them out on the Brave the Wild page. Unfortunately, there were no comments there. It's been extremely quiet, and it's mostly because I've been inactive for the most part. I need to promote that page more and get more people to it. There have been a lot of likes, though, which is really cool. People have been joining that page. It's been coming up significantly the past like month or two. And thank you, if you happen to be listening, thank you very much. The numbers for the show have not been bad at all, either, to be quite honest. Um, I, I really appreciate those of you that do listen and that have been telling your friends and having them come over to the Facebook page because it seems like they're, they're, they're mutual friends and such, and that's really cool. Thank you. God bless you. Keep, 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 keep them coming. Really appreciate it. <laughs> I really do. And um, Yeah, those of you out there, though, too, before I continue this previous segment, um, please do give Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes. It deserves a better rating than that it's been getting, and it's uh, there haven't been a lot of ratings lately. There were some trolls early on that really hurt the rating for this team for for this show, like early, like years ago. And then there was one like like about two years ago. It was like what the hell, or about one year ago. It was really a cheap shot too. So it makes it some it makes it sound like it's a competitor of some sorts or something. I don't know. Just a, kind of a cheap thing to say. Pissed me off a little bit, but again, I guess we'll let that go. Curry Lennon actually is on the injured reserve, so the Wild most likely will be facing anti Niemi. Unfortunately, the Wild have plenty of players on the injured reserve themselves. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's no fun, is it? it? It really isn't fun at all. It's been kind of an ongoing thing. Yep, Scandella, injured reserve. He's been out for a while now. Parisi's back. Fontaine and Grayovac sports hernia surgery. Hmm. Yeah, sprained MCL for Mr. Fontaine. He's been out for quite a while because uh, Parisi also had an MCL injury, and he's back playing. But I suppose they're only about a week apart, so maybe it just depends how things are going with that. And plus, Parisi's Parisi. Uh, the Wild also have been struck with the flu of, of late as well, and Schrader has been day-to-day with that. That sucks. Uh, other players on the roster faced it as well. I believe Fontaine, Scandella, and such. It's no fun. At least it isn't the mumps, I guess, but the flu is no joke. No joke at all, to be quite honest. So we'll try to keep moving here. I, I'm, I'm going to predict the Wild have a nice defensive showing, and they beat the Dallas Stars 3-2 to two in regulation. That's a that's a fairly bold prediction. Not not super bold, though. But I think, the, I think the Wild's defense will be better this time around. I think Mike Yo will definitely get them in. Get them ready to roll here, and I, I'm hoping for the best. Tuesday, December the 1st, the Wild head to Chicago. Very important game. I mean, all these games are super important because you have home games coming up later next week, too. The Wild need to get those. They need to get the wins in those. Uh, the Wild going to Chicago, though, if I'm going to pick a loss, 
in this uh, week, since I already picked the Dallas Stars uh, game to be a victory for the Wild, 3-2 in regulation. I'm going to pick a loss in Chicago, Tuesday, December the 1st. You know, all this, all this deal with Patrick Kane and that whole possible rape case. Now the son of a biscuit's leading the team and they're leading the NHL in scoring. That's that's just great. <laughs> totally great, you know. That's great. He's leading the league in scoring. And, yeah, it seemed like a trumped-up bunco charge, as they like to say. That's a, basically, it's a load of BS. Um, they still have most of their players. Unfortunately, old evil Otto uh, uh, Brandon Sod is gone. Much as I hated him, I wanted to keep that bit going, and it's hard to keep it going when he's all the way over in Columbus and you only play them you know, once in a while. That's kind of a bummer. Um, I, I like that evil Otto, evil Otto bit. Maybe somebody else will take it away, but that, that arrogant grin that he always had on his face... Uh, it reminded, you know, it made me like think of Evil Otto, the smiley face in uh, Berserk, the old Atari game for arcades, and of course the Atari Twenty Six Hundred and such. <laughs> oh, Evil Otto, that's that's him. Uh, Blackhawks, we all know who they got: Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, this guy, that guy, Corey Crawford, Jarmilson, uh, outstanding defenseman, Brent Seabrook. My goodness, it, it's just, they're so good, and, and I hate saying it. I really do. They they still have Shaw as well. They have Marion Hosa, all these big names. Kruger, he might as well be Freddy Kruger when it comes to the Wild because he's our worst nightmare, right? No, the the Blackhawks are the Wild's worst nightmare. Ultimately, I think the Wild's worst nightmare is either uh, Kane or Crawford. It's one of those two, even even more than Taves. The old saying too with the Blackhawks is: uh, certain teams they the regular season for show. And the Blackhawks uh, playoffs for dough, basically. That's just kind of how the Blackhawks are. The regular season record doesn't even matter. That's why I said I, I thought they were going to maybe drop off of it this year. That they were going to come down a bit in the regular season. But when it's playoff time, who knows? I just made a bold prediction thing in the wild. We're finally going to pass them this year because it, it would be about time. I mean, how many years in a row do you got to lose to the Blackhawks in the playoffs? I mean, it's, it was three years in a row. The wild do continue to develop and improve. You have a starting goalie, a legitimate starting goalie for the whole season this time. So why shouldn't the Wild earn home ice advantage over Chicago and ultimately, hopefully, take care of business this time around? It would be much and greatly appreciated. Uh, <clears throat> the last time these two teams played, it was kind of a mess. Thirty, uh, excuse me, October 30th, right before Halloween, the Wild beat the Blackhawks 5-4 to four in a very exciting, epic battle. But I think the Wild will lose this one 4-3. to three. Ultimately, I think the Blackhawks are just going to be too much. Maybe even four to two. Ultimately, I, I mean, this all the way the offense is going. I don't know, but at least you got Parisi back. So some somebody, one of the one of the uh, guys that's not really ready to compete at the NHL level, will be sent back down. I got to think. I'm, I'm not even going to call him an inferior player because you never know if they're going to develop. Like one of them's better, better, but most of those guys are not doing so hot. When I get back to the Iowa Wild here. And, um, I'm still debating if I should make it a third segment or just wrap up this segment with it. <laughs> I think I'm going to wrap up this segment with it so I could later on have a third segment with fan interaction and Iowa Wild. But it's going to be more brief this time around, so we'll go that direction. Uh, I I don't know. I, I just don't see the Wild winning in Chicago right now. They're, they're not playing so hot. I, I'm kind of going on a limb picking the Dallas victory like I've reiterated time and time again here. So then Thursday, December the 3rd, the Wild host the Toronto Maple Leafs, and if they don't win this game, boy, we're screwed. I mean, you you got to win this game, and the Wild will win this game. Uh, the, the Maple Leafs are one of the worst teams in the NHL. 
even though they've won seven seven games, it's not the worst ever. They're, they're only four games behind the Wild when you look at the standings here. Seven, ten, and five are the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have good goaltending, <clears throat> and that's about it for the most part. I mean, they've been an absolute mess for for a while now. Um, Dion Phaneuf is still there. He's not really been living up to the to the hype, obviously. You got Bernier and, and Reimer. Those are both pretty damn good goalies, to be honest. But yeah, again, outside of that, they're a freaking mess. And I don't know what else to say about this team other than the Wild need to take care of business. I mean, they haven't been good in... Well, then again, I shouldn't say that. They made the playoffs not that long ago, but outside of that, they've been bad forever. And then right when people got their hopes up and they thought this team was, was turning the corner and they were going to start competing, they started sucking again. So ultimately, their offense is pretty weak. Uh, Tyler Bozak is leading the team in scoring with 14 points. <laughs> Morgan Riley with 13. Fanouf with 12. Not much of an offense. The Wild need to take care of business in this one. Um, <clears throat> James Raymer, though, is pretty damn good. To have a two uh, a goals against average just above two and save percentage at 93, this is going to be a very low-scoring game. If the Wild do come out and scorch, this team would be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty amazing, to be honest. But I'm going to go with, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with 3-1. to one. I don't think Toronto's going to score more than one goal in this game. I mean, their leading goal scorers, well, they're not too bad. Local, eight, eight goals. That's not bad. But outside of that, I mean, you got seven, six, stuff like that. I think the Wild win 3-1, to one, and uh, Dubnik has a nice game. Uh, the Wild managed to score a couple goals against this Toronto team, despite James Reimer. I mean, I might go with the 2-1 to one game. This might be really, I'm going to go with 2-1. to one. I think it's going to be really low scoring. Because the impressive stat here, when you think of James Reimer with what kind of a season he's been having with Toronto, is he has no shutouts, despite the fact his goals against average is just above two. You have Devin Dubnik with three shutouts on the season, and his goals against average is 2.5. So consistent consistency uh, is definitely James Reimer there. and He's got to be the best viable player of that team. With all that said, Minnesota's going to overcome Toronto 2-1 to one in a very uh, defensive game, defensive-oriented game. You're going to see a lot of shots on goal from the Wild, but Reimer's going to be stopping quite a few of them. And I think Dubnik will be doing the same on the other side. It'll be probably like 30 or 29 shots for the Wild, 25, 28, and Toronto must be maybe, maybe 19. Hope, hopefully the Wild do that, because if, if they end up getting scorched by Toronto, we're in big, 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 big trouble. I don't think that'll happen, though. Colorado comes to St. Paul, Minnesota, the last place Colorado Avalanche, 8-13. and Patrick Waugh, I think, is in trouble. Saturday, December the 5th, the Wild do a home-and-home with uh, Colorado, by the way, and um, I'll have to save the prediction for the, for next week for the uh, the other home game against Colorado. Um, this one, the Wild host it, and then the next one, the Black the Blackhawks, the Colorado Avalanche host it. The schedule makers seem to continue to do this with uh, the, the Wild and the... Uh, Colorado Avalanche. They they do this every year. Uh, Avalanche with tons of injuries. You got Tenge out with a with a knee injury, injured reserve. Winchester concussion like symptoms. That's a long time ago. Still on the injured reserve. Uh, Street is out with a injured reserve with his chest. Undisclosed injury for Stewart. Uh, that's funny. Day to day with Mitchell uh, oblique injury. <sighs> Talented players, veteran players, good goalie. A coach that, well, we thought he was good, but maybe not. Uh, Kind of a cheap shot artist group of players, though. Uh, Cody McLeod, Landis Glock, guys like that. Uh, McKinnon's kind of a a talented but cocky type of guy. 
very good scorer. Uh, Eric Johnson's a guy we all love to hate because of the way he left the Gophers, and he's just been kind of a sniper against the Wild pretty much ever since he's been on uh, St. Louis and Colorado, two of our most hated teams, to be quite honest. I, I can't stand the guy. <laughs> I really can't. Um, Nathan McKinnon is leading the Colorado Avalanche in scoring, ultimately. Matt Duchesne is their other best player. You could say he's another real talented young guy. Not sure what's going on with this team, to be quite honest. And I remember Landis Cog with a real cheap shot early on against Zach Parisi and ended up costing uh, the, the, the uh, Avalanche, though, because it was a stupid hit. He hit him, but then he just let him, he just, he just gave paved way for Parisi to go score a goal. Pretty funny early on in the, in the year. I think the Wild win this game. Which is good news. I think the Wild take advantage and win both of these games, and if they don't, that would really suck. Uh, you got to take advantage of this uh, Colorado Avalanche team, which is not playing very well, and the Wild do, for the most part, have their number. Uh, Verlamov is having an extremely disappointing season. 3.22 goals against average. Save the save percentage under 90%. At 89. Wow. Wow. Not good. Um, most likely, the Wild will see Retro Berra, who's been a bit better, in fact, a lot better. Numbers very complimentary to Devin Dubnik, except slightly better. Very slightly better. Two shutouts on the season. Goals against average about 2.4. Save percentage about exactly the same. I think the Wild should take care of business against this Colorado team, despite all their cheap shot efforts and their and their arrogance and their silliness. <laughs> Though they have absolutely nothing to be arrogant about. They gave up five goals to the Ottawa Senators the other night. Yay. You know, isn't that just great? You gave up five goals to the Ottawa Senators? That's that's terrific. Keep, keep them coming, Colorado. <laughs> Wild will win this game. Three to two. It'll be a close game, aggressive, but the Wild will end up getting the job done. Hopefully Zach Parisi scores a goal or two in this one. I wouldn't be surprised. Parisi seems to have a pretty good number on Colorado. Would be nice. Maybe a old Nino Niederreiter pulls out the magic and gets it done. I think Dubnik does what he does. Maybe you might even see Darcy Kemper in there one of these nights. Wouldn't be surprised, actually, to see Darcy Kemper uh, maybe against Toronto. Possibly. Against an offensive like that, you might want to build up the kids' confidence. Might be a good idea. Maybe you want to give Dubnik a break if he's a little tired. I would consider putting him in against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Colorado, maybe not. It's too much of a grudge match, even though their record is real bad. It's a grudge match, man. I mean, Colorado might come in and, and do something to us that night. You just never know. Those are both games the Wild have got to win. They have got to win that. And I'm being extremely optimistic, picking the Wild to go 3-1 this week. But this is a good hockey team that's capable of getting that job done. And you know what? Quite frankly, they need to go out there and go 3-1 this week. This is the week to do it. you got to beat the Dallas Stars in XL Energy Center. And you'll get a pass losing to Chicago because it's not surprising on the road. But you got to beat Toronto and Colorado. you got to get it done. you got to. And then you have a uh, the next the next week you get a pretty big stretch there Monday and Friday, uh, two games Monday and Friday Colorado and Arizona you got to win those games even though they're on the road get them done, um, lots of days off in between there and then they play Saturday right away against San Jose that just spells loss right that's just got loss written all over it I hate to say but that's way ahead of schedule we'll talk about that when the time comes hopefully we'll be positive with my uh, reviewing of these games coming up so. I guess uh, I'm just going to wrap up the show in in this segment. We're going to have a two-segmenter this time around. So you won't be hearing uh, Ice Hockey or Blades of Steel this time, unfortunately. <laughs> you'll you'll be hearing it, though, in the next uh, next time around. I'll probably go with that Bomb Man one 
after the first segment, and then I'll pick one of the two, uh, Blades of Steel or uh, Ice Hockey. Just like the ending always ends differently, you got either Gutsman or Electman ending this show. It's just more fun to be more dynamic, kind of my mood and such. So, um, yeah, sorry if I'm sounding a little goofy. Uh, the Iowa Wilds suck, and they're really dried up right now because it, it, it's a situation kind of like the stock market or such. It's, it's just how it goes. The, the cupboards are loaded, and then all the players eventually move up or move on one way or the other. Like most of the players that were the best players in the Iowa Wild a little while ago are now on the Minnesota Wild, like the, the, the Grandlins and such. And others, uh, Gronlin, Granlin, whatever. <laughs> you get the idea, wink, wink. Um, Eric Halla, guys like that, that are important members of that club. Um, they're up to the Minnesota Wild now. And other players, maybe they were buzz, they were busts and they, they, were, or they were okay on the AHL, but they were busts in the NHL and they ultimately uh, moved on elsewhere via trade or free agency. But the Iowa Wild right now, again, the cupboards are bare. The good news is there should be a new wave coming in next year. A good number of guys like Alex Tuck and such, the guys, the, the college kids, that the Wild drafted. That's partially why the Iowa Wild suck so bad right now is because a lot of their top prospects are college kids. So the college kids, well, when they're busy in college, they can't be in the AHL. So that's unfortunate. They do have an important prospect from college in the AHL. His name is Mike Riley, of course. But um, ultimately, the Iowa Wild are 3-15 and to start off the season. That's pretty atrocious, to be quite honest. Michael Karanen is leading the way, but he's more of a veteran type of guy. Not an old veteran, but... Certainly not a, a young prospect type of guy, unfortunately, for all of us. Uh, Mike Riley, who, of course, didn't make the NHL roster starting off the season. He's doing all right at the minor league level. Ultimately, uh, well, only seven points in 21 games. He is a defenseman, though, but the plus-minus of twenty of minus 24 for Mike Riley, not a good sign. But at the same time, when nobody's scoring for your team, I mean, it's kind of like a situation you're always, you're always trailing. There's always... A big point differential. And plus, like the other situation going on as well, when you consider the Wild with their number of injuries, some of the best players on the on the Iowa Wild are also up. So it's just a huge, huge uh, uh, avalanche or snowball effect or whatever the word is. Uh, uh, domino effect, pardon me, for the Iowa Wild that's taking place right now. I mean, there is just nothing going on. And you have a guy like Brett Ballmer. I, I just cannot get over it. Only two points in 15 games. That's pathetic. Just pathetic. I, I thought he was better than that. Brett Suter, only four points in 21 games. And I know it has to do with maybe other players being around, helping you be able to score. Jordan Schrader had five points in only eight games. So he was a valuable minor league player down there. But I'm sure he'd rather be up in the NHL level. Uh, it's not a good team, though. I mean, there's just nothing going on right now with a lot of these guys. Gustav Olofsson, Olofsson is, is a name, and he's developing. But he can only do so much right now, and there's nobody in front of him to score. Uh, boy, it's a not a good situation for the Iowa Wild right now. It's it's a huge domino effect right now with the organization. Uh, the most of the better prospects in college or or overseas still at this point, and of course the multiple injuries to the Wild roster and some of the top guys having to fill in. Like I'm just said, I'm probably just repeating myself, and I apologize, but that pretty much explains the situation right now with the Iowa Wild. It's just a you know, it's a it's the perfect storm. There you go. That pretty much could wrap up this episode. It's uh, yeah. You, you just you just hope this isn't some kind of script, and the Wild can break that script by beating the Dallas Stars and taking care of business this week and going three and one. Huge opportunity for the Wild to do that. This is uh, 
this is the time for them to to prove that they can break that script. And we're not stuck in like a three-year, four-year cycle, five-year cycle. It's the same old thing. And then next thing you know, Mike Yo is cursing out the players, asking them if they're not ready to bleep in practice. And you don't think we need to bleep in practice after a loss, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, we, we, we don't need to go back to that again. Let's get out there and compete. And, and, and let's be serious here. Let's get the job done. At least Parisi's back. That's a big, big, big help. And other players will return as well. Scandella being out is not helpful. I, I know, but it is what it is. Most most of the other important players are around. And the guys that were not playing well last year are playing fantastic, which is great to see. Keep it up. Koivu, Suter, and Vanek, you are really, really helping this team right now. Thank you again so much. Thank all of you very, very, very much for listening again. Now this show is available on Stitcher along with iTunes. So maybe some of you out there don't have iTunes because you have an Android device. Stitcher, I mean, there was always Double Twist as well, but there's Stitcher too. And there you go. Look, look that up. Get us on there. Give Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes. And if you can, also even give them give us a positive rating on Stitcher as well. It attracts new potential listeners. And it just gives me, it, it just makes me feel like I'm doing a good job when I hear positive reviews once in a while, right? <laughs> rather than rather than a couple of trolls here and there, and then some positive, and then a whole lot of nothing. You know, I mean, it, this show deserves some positive ratings. So really would appreciate it very much. want to thank you. I really want to tell you how much I enjoy and love doing this show and how sad I was that I wasn't able to do it for as long as I was. Just a huge thrill to be back. Get them done. Get her done this week, Wild. And again, welcome to those of you new listeners out there. Thank you so, so very much for joining the Facebook page. And for those of you that want to know how to get there, of course, it should be in the description with iTunes, but I'll say it right here as well. Uh, Click in the search bar of Facebook. Go on Facebook. Go in the search bar. Type in Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild Show. It should probably pop up fairly quick. Click uh, if if there's a group and a page, make sure you go to the one that's a page, not the group, because I got rid of the group a long time ago. But the group might still be kind of like hanging out there somewhere. Go to that. Click the big click the big like button on the top of the page or the top area uh, region or so of the page. Click like. Join the page like like many others have been doing lately. And then please do comment. Get involved with the show and on Twitter. Really fun interacting with people on there during games and such. Uh, at Brave the Wild, of course, all one word. Really appreciate your listenership. And there is a phone line. You are free to call in. It is via Skype. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. And when I say it's via Skype, that means, well, obviously you can call it from your cell phone with the 209-736 deal. But for those of you that might be overseas or something, um, there's multiple ways to continue to reach me via the via audio submission is... Of course, on Skype, look up TSS. You can call that, and it's the same exact line. Or you can feel free to use an audio submission in this day and age of uh, cell phones. Every single cell phone out there has a voice recorder on it, or sound recorder, whatever it is. It should say it. You'll see it right away. Just send it in. I can edit out maybe parts you want to be edited out, like the <coughs> noise when the phone is, is answering or hanging up, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I can clean that up if you like. I mean, it's not even necessary. I'm, I'm not that worried about that. But yeah, you can email it to uh, PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. And that'll also be in the show description. All the above there. Thank you again so very much for your listenership. And we'll be back next week with hopefully a 3-in-1 uh, dealie going for the wild this coming week. And get things, get let's, let's ride the ship and get back to work. Minnesota Wild. Go Wild. We'll be back next week.